Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everyone, welcome to the Serbian Corner, I think, hope you hear me, yes you do, uh, show where a couple of Serbians talk about the Nuggets on DMVR YouTube channel, DMVR Nuggets podcast feed, uh, everywhere you find podcasts and all that stuff. My name is Voya, back in back in the States, back in Lincoln, uh, here with me today is Miroslav as always, how are you, what's up? <laughs> Excellent, I'm, I'm uh, on the non-COVID illness kind of a treatment right now ah. I, I had to miss my pickup basketball game today and that makes me very sad but at least I have something something else to be to be uh, feeling strong about right now, uh, yeah so. exactly we're, we're we have a four and a week so at least something to be excited about we kind of started this show when it was a uh, on the downturn and <laughs> hopefully hopefully I mean we're gonna say it's because we started this show then I get started playing better so Oh no, no. The there record. is no the question that's the reason why they started playing well, yeah. Yep, exactly. Uh, so uh, we'll go into the show. We start with uh, Serbian fun fact, and this week it's a, it's really a fun one because Jokic got selected to his fourth All-Star game, and he's a starter for the second time in a row. That's the most um, any Serbian player had in the NBA. The second most is Pejas Djokovic with Sacramento Kings. He had three, and Ivac had one. So Jokic is ahead in that in that region too so that's a pretty cool thing and as well he won player of the week for uh week 14 um and will will, will he win another one what do you think right now they're three and oh they would be four and oh if the good people of the nba counts sunday <laughs> as the first day of the week but because you know it's the week and when the yep. Sunday is and not the week beginning, that's that's why they don't. So hopefully they can they can squeeze a win against Milwaukee as well. And if they go four and zero, that's a surefire player of the week again. But maybe if, even if it's a three and one, I think there are still good chances for that. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think so too. I mean, I'm hoping too because Phoenix has been playing well, and and if Booker hasn't been playing that well, uh, he might have been the player of the month. He might have had that previous week as well booked and you know, so we'll see i mean the numbers are insane still um and i mean I'm, i mean i don't know i'm happy to just see him play better and the team's kind of clicking and starting to click and um uh, what was i what else was i gonna do for this one what do, what do you think about or should we go to rakia's or is there anything else with you yeah. you want to mention for uh for yeah we week? can we could move to rakia's yeah i mean is it it was a, you know, the most two triple doubles in the season so far and he has uh, obviously, he's climbing up that ladder of the most triple doubles ever. Uh, all that stuff, like four thousand, five thousand rebounds, three thousand assists. List like with him, his records are start. You know, we just start to forget how many he's breaking. Yeah, actually, actually, this is the, this is the second time in his career he has six triple doubles in one yeah, month. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. and the the only cent- other center that uh, did it, well, probably not multiple times, probably ever did it, was of course Will Chamberlain. Well, who did I think it's like times. six months like that, yeah, or four times, four times. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. insane. I mean, what he's what he's doing, like, I, it's hard to even grasp anymore. Like we talked with Vote in the back in you know, backstages, like he gave him an A minus on the uh, player grades, and like, well, it is. I mean, for his standards, that's kind of what the what the what the grades are. So we'll see. I mean, the the MVP race heating up and all that. We'll talk about that later. And now we'll get into our Rakia shots, our national alcoholic drink, usually taken for dinner. Uh, so what this segment is be like a quick headline, something that made an impression on, on us quickly and strongly this week. Uh, so we'll start with Miroslav. It's one of the one of the topics that he had in mind. It was pretty cool to me, too. What's up? 
or are we drinking uh, <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, I was looking at the, the last twelve games of, of Nuggets basketball. They've they've been three and uh, nine and three for these uh, twelve games, and uh, they actually got healthier for these twelve games. Their records started turning in the right direction immediately. They had uh, only Jeff Green missing one game, Bones missing two, but one of them was a DNC, uh, DNP CD. Davon Reed also missed two, but both of them were DNP CD, so he could have played there. Austin yeah. Rivers and Will Barter are the only rotation guys that have missed three. And Jermichael Green actually missed a lot of the, the games recently because of uh, because of the protocols. But I, I think he he's actually uh, moving away from the rotation right now. It, it it might change soon because it's Michael Malone. It's possible that he will just return his guy back. But right now, because he's he's slowly getting back to the team, he is kind of out of rotation or, or on the outside looking in. But uh, other than having uh, most of their guys available for these twelve games, we had. Nikola Jokic playing monstrous games and it actually coincides with having good players around him because he has threats around him. Uh, other teams cannot put three guys on him on every possession, although although I, I would say that, that New Orleans did a pretty good job in the first half against uh, against the Nuggets uh, with uh, with doubling Jokic and, and making him uh, make some uncharacteristic mistakes but that's more on him than on, on them because it's not something he never saw before. So it's just a no, side note. But uh, anyway, in these last 12 games, Jokic had 27.5 points, 12.8 rebounds, 9.3 assists on 59-44-89 shooting splits. He also played for 34.5 minutes in this span, which is more than his uh, normal average of 33 minutes. Per game, that doesn't sound like a lot, one and a half minute more. But if you take a look how how Denver Nuggets play in separate quarters, depending on whether Jokic is on the court or not, uh, Brendan, can you give us the graphic? So uh, you can see that Jokic is playing uh, pra- practically the same in in the. In the parentheses, you 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 see the did I use the right word? The 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 second number you you can see in each column is the number for the whole season. So Jokic plays yeah, nine yeah. nine point eight minutes per per first quarter throughout the season, and it's the same for these last twelve games. In the second quarter, he stayed completely the same, but the uptick became uh, 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 visible in the second. Half because he's playing those one and a half minutes more in the second half, and it actually makes a change. I know it's not only that; it's also the other guys playing with him. But you can see that they've actually turned around the, the things in the third quarter, where they now have 20.4 positive net rating in third quarters, and it used to be almost almost uh, close to zero. And even the fourth quarter disaster that was minus 12.6 net rating decreased to minus 8.1. I was trying to see if we could uh, maybe uptick his his four quarter minutes a bit more. But honestly, I don't think it's possible. He's already playing almost 35 minutes per game. And you can see that that Malone is pretty... Uh, religious about uh, in which quarter Jokic plays how many minutes. He's still very heavily involved in first and third quarter, and then he finishes the second and fourth. And uh, uh, the addition of Boogie Cousins and Bryn Forbes, along with having all of Barton, Gordon, Jeff Green, Monte, should uh, help Malone bring Jokic minutes back to 33, not not going up even further. And uh, it was a strength of schedule. We, we have to, to accept that as well. But they were ranked second in offense in the last 12 games and also 13th in defense, which is not too bad. So in conclusion, 
don't ask for more from Jokic in the clutch. Just play better players around him. And by the way, since we last spoke about their record in the clutch games three weeks ago, they went uh, five and two or six and two in those games. So now they're twelve and eight, which is much better than what we spoke about two weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, you're right with the with the strength of players around him. That's usually, I mean, it's you can't like have one player because again, we saw the Clippers games and stuff. How they how they play defense in the clutch it changes. Like it's not the same as in the first quarters. Uh, in first halves of the games. Well, with the numbers in fourth, I mean, the only solution, again, would be just to redistribute, but then we become Utah Jazz, and I really don't want that. So uh, just to have, like, a stagger and, you know, take him out earlier in the third maybe or, you know, earlier in the first quarter and then, like, have him redistributed that way. Like, I, I like it what it is. Like, if the second unit can give you, like, you know, like last night, five minutes, quality minutes in the fourth, you know, and keep the, keep the distance and or just keep the – game uh, game you know within reach i think that's enough for for Jokic to play and i think that's what in, in the season that's probably what caused that negative net rating cuz it kind of drips from the third quarter when the second unit comes in and you have two or three minutes in the fourth where every team picks up the intensity then our bench that was basically our third string lineup was was a little bit worse and so that's where their deficiencies would probably come into play so I, I, I mean, I, I agree. Just for now, I think like let's have everyone healthy and just see where we go from now. And then there's a last portion of the season where you can see if you want to experiment or anything like that. So, is yeah. yeah. So um, we're next. We're we're, we're going to have like three shots on this stuff. We have the fourth quarter stuff. We're going to go into I talk about a little bit about Austin Rivers. Um, there's a question: um, Is he a ball stopper? And, you know, is he a Jokic player? Uh, because he has that. A tendency sometimes to the record scratch and he loves that one-on-one game and his jab step stuff that people you know much malign jab step and within recent games we've kind of seen him be more aggressive and that kind of bore fruit with with his efficiency in shooting and just the quality of shots he takes and just amount of points he had on you know obviously in the last few games so what do you think about that is he a ball stopper to you or uh why yeah i think why does he have that stigma yeah, I think it's a bit unfair to call him just a ball stopper, and and I will explain why he he gets such a such a negative rap. Uh, Austin, first of all, also benefited from the team having more good players on the court. Of course, he is more free to play, and in his last nine games, he appeared for the Nuggets. The Nuggets were eight and one. It's not only because of him, but he he was a really good contributor. He scored. 10.6 points per game on 53, 48, 80 shooting splits. That's not a small sample. That's a nine-game sample. Those numbers match the eye test because since everybody noticed Austin was playing better lately, especially, of course, in that game versus Brooklyn. My theory on why Austin is considered the ball stopper is that he's too much. he has too much skill in combination with not enough athleticism. He refuses to take a wide open three because he wants to start himself up with an easy layup. So instead of shooting, he dribbles and tries to finish under the rim. But he lacks athleticism to finish there every time. This, of course, wasn't the case against Brooklyn where he shot like seven, seven from ten from three. So he didn't need to warm himself up over there. So basically what I want to say is he thinks he has more athleticism than he does and there are some some other things that i will try to show you uh, ben ben taylor a friend of the dnba show did some excellent work on different kinds of athleticism before i'm not as smart as him so i'll make it much simpler for me athleticism comes from several prerequisites heights wingspan strength quickness and vertical Brendan, can we get the spreadsheet for that? So, thinking about this, no, not, the, not that one, the other one. <laughs> we'll do it live. Don't worry. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one. And it's not very complete. I, I, I messed up the colors, but I'll explain. So, if we look at Rivers here, he has a height of 6.4, which is which is average for his uh, position, but his wingspan of 6.6 six, six, six is actually uh, below average for his position, and that doesn't help me. Tell him, him doesn't help him on defense, but also doesn't help him on offense because when he's driving with the ball, he he could use a couple of inches more to to be able to 
uh, to shoot over the defender. And also, this is what I put for his strength, quickness, and vertical. They're just average next to his ball skills, uh, b- basketball skills, which are quite high. Uh, as I, I feel, Jokic has one red. <laughs> yeah, Jokic had to have one red because, <laughs> yeah, he is slightly above average in height and wingspan. He is extremely strong in 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 strength and quickness for his position as well. Basketball skills, of course, off the charts. But vertical, I would have to agree, it's it's below average for his position and any position really. So after that, you can see Gordon and Jeff Green, who are just green all the way they are very average in size uh, both both on height and wingspan but all the other things are are going their way quite nice and i also put here faku you cannot see the colors because i messed up the first two columns but his uh, height and wingspan are, are of course below average and that's actually the only real limiting factor for him because he has extreme ball basketball skills and he's really quick, but uh, it's just limited how how much how how far he can go uh, in the NBA today. So yep. basically, what I wanted to say, yeah, Austin Rivers was called a ball stopper because he wouldn't just shoot right away as he gets the open shot because he thinks and he knows he's a thirty-five percent shooter. He will not shoot seven of ten every time. He wants to work himself off at, and that's the reason people doesn't don't consider him a, a Jokic player. But I think there is so much more to tell about him than just that. Yeah, the, the, the with him, I mean, he, he there was that you know, the conversation he had with Malone, and I'm I you know I'm willing to bet that one of them was that being you know relax because the thing he's not stupid and he knows the percentages and knows like the shots and maybe even like during the games you kind of can feel if you have it on or not and so it could be a situation where he has the ball and he's like I don't, I don't think I should shoot this and so you try to get a better shot and then that ends up being the wor- you know a worse thing than the original idea and so I think you know I, I'm you know I can again speculating that Malone might have talked to him about that stuff just like be more relaxed and just you know, if the if the natural result of the play is your open shot, shoot it. Like it doesn't doesn't matter. You miss. Like I mean, it couldn't get much worse. Like not just for him, just for the whole team. Like it couldn't get much worse for missing threes after that Clippers game. So might as well just let it rip. And especially with with how Jokic passes the ball to guys, that's like an underrated aspect of of shooting in general. Just when where do you get the ball? When you're open, that like pass with the Clippers, that Gordon catches it right in the bread basket. That's kind of the stuff. Like with Rivers too, I, I suspect. Like with well, with shooters that are not uh, percentage wise like elite in the NBA, with them like that catch and shoot, like you know, making them feel like they're in practice is like the key for me to for good for good uh, shot making. So I think that also helps with Jokic when you have him just passing it to you and perfectly, and you don't even think that you're in the game. You just catch it where you would in a practice. So. That's kind of stuff. What's up, Brandon? I got a question for you guys. This yep. rotation is about to change a lot. Approaching deadline, uh, guys coming back. Where does Austin Rivers fit in sort of as we go through those check marks? I mean, is he a part of the rotation long term? He's been sort of don't play at all or spot start lately. Like, how do yeah, you guys yeah. see him? I I, I see it as, as um, probably like what P.J. Dozier was last year, last couple of years maybe, just like depending on the – maybe depending on the situation or even health, like he might be out. Like if you get Murray back, then it's going to probably be between him and Forbes. Um, yeah, we can, we can transition, honestly, like we can, uh, my shot was the second unit realignments. Uh, so Boogie Forbes uh, rivers in the, you know, with the second unit. So this kind of fits well with that question. What happens when Jamal gets back? Cause then you have Monte in the second unit. Um, we saw Faku, you know, leave the rotation yesterday in the second half, and it kind of looked a lot better. Honestly, I know it's the Pelicans, but the same Pelicans, you know, kicked their ass in the first half um, with with Faku and Jamal Green, and we had Zeke and Boogie, and then you had Forbes and Rivers, and and Bones. So that kind of worked well. So what what do you think? What happens when Monte gets into that lineup? Who's the odd man out? Is it Rivers or is it Bones? Or I don't think Forbes is because he's shooting, but. 
Yeah, uh, well, last week I was a bit hot takey uh, asking for Forbes to, to be part of a starting lineup. And we actually saw that in the first game right after the show. He was the first guy off the bench yeah. joining the starters for a couple of times. And I think it looked quite good. It wasn't it wasn't bad. Uh, the thing about that that unit you, sp- you spoke about, I really like it. Because a couple of days ago, people were pushing for the lineup of... Bones, Forbes, Reed, and then uh, Naji and yeah. and Cousins, and uh, even though I like that uh, uh, lineup defensively, I don't think there is enough uh, ball handling on that on that uh, uh, lineup because yeah, you only right have yeah, yeah. you, 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 you only have yeah if 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 they somehow uh, shut down uh, Bones, you have no no other ways yeah. to to deal with it. But with Rivers, who is a really good ball handler. And a very really smart player. I really like that that unit. Even if even uh, uh, I mean, despite of it being a bit smaller than than what the one with with Devon Reed would yeah. look like. So yeah. I agree. I, I I really think that Rivers, if nothing changes in the roster at the trade deadline, if everything stays the same, I think he has a spot in the in the playoffs even before Forbes I think he he could get more minutes than Forbes but I do agree that on some games Forbes will take his minutes and vice versa so uh, yeah that's that that's that's really cool and as I said uh, the lineup with Faku last night kind of worked for half the stint and then when the quarters turned it yeah, it was yeah. just a disaster it was just I, a disaster yeah. they, I see they, they were settling for for uh, uh, Gordon trees because nothing else was was working. And I agree. I agree that the, the second stint of the of the backup the, of the reserves team was really really good in the third and fourth quarter. Without fun, yeah, that, that's my that's my thing too. Like with uh, with Monte, let's say let's assume Jamal gets back fine and he's in the starting lineup and Barden's there too. Uh, then you have you you have Monte and Bones, so it's between you know so so you have like ball handling two ball handlers and then rivers could be an odd man out if you want to keep forbes in there and then you have your zeke and, and boogie um in case you want more defense maybe then you shift a little bit and i said i saw tyler peter said uh, bones will lose a spot down the stretch that could happen like where where well could happen against better teams some of his flaws might get more exposed and so if monte is already there with your ball handler he might be the odd man out and then you have your veteran lineup of Monte, Forbes, and Rivers. Again, it's short lineup, but like I still think Rivers can service some stuff that, that PJ Dozier was, even though it's not that long and big, but defensively he can at least bother some people and not have a complete like uh complete like negative on there. And then you have Devon Reed situationally, like I would still want to use him. And then again Faku, like depending on what you know how the day goes and, and what the what what you have, like you might put him in um, this is like I don't know if we're, we're not still talking about the playoffs. I'm still like kind of in the regular season. Still, you put him in against these like worst teams. Maybe like get into head some guys, some of the young guys and and stuff. So that that's my I I still think Malone should like keep doing what he's doing. Like he experimented it within this game. Like he was trying Jamichael for for Zeke. You know he was trying this these you know other things. And then eventually I think this is a good second unit until Jamal gets back. To actually have all the all the points you said, like you hit Forbes, they can actually get out of a screen without any doubling because there's no you know Faku causes that people to back off, and so that means like a lot of screens are going to get covered you know covered better, or the pick and roll partner with Cousins and Faku is, I mean if 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 they roll like three or four times, Cousins is going to die on us on the court like how he's conditioning right now with Faku, so like they really didn't do any favors with Faku, you know for Faku on his. On his on the roster, but like he's not the guy that we should be building around. He's just like a serviceable guy when it's necessary because he doesn't get hurt, you know. Knock on wood. So I think he's yeah. a situational guy, but like I'm I'm glad that he kind of that, that Malone trusted Bones at the end to run that unit because you can see a difference in, in him as a different player completely when he plays that instead of when he plays with Faku and then Forbes in the same lineup. It just it's off to me at least. Yeah, and funny thing about Boogie, 
the Nuggets needed the backup center so bad that we're already counting on Cousins to be a part of the team yeah. for the rest of the season <laughs> and even part of playoff rotation, even though he is still on his, well, actually, his second 10 uh, day yeah, contract now day. because we had a, the news from Katie Vinci yesterday. Just as a side note, I would argue that the Nuggets played better basketball on average for 48 minutes when they had Mason Plumley. Uh, yeah, what I want to yeah. say is Michael Malone is a more of a traditional coach than he thinks he is. He wants to play small ball, you know, with the with the yeah. second unit, but he just does the best thing when he has a real, real big on the court. And uh, uh, Cousins makes Zeke Naji life easier yeah, because yeah, you know, that's the smaller a big, guy that's has, a big one for me. has yeah yeah has to has to guard him. Uh, even Faku looks better next to to Cousins because you know of the gravity he has in the in the in the paint and he plows through the opposition for for rebounds on both sides of the court and i agree with adam that he has been a positive addition to the team in spite of being quite bad individually he was really bad he he he, he's shooting the ball so well that's that's the thing that's the relative point like what what does it mean that is like not not you but in general what does it mean that is bad if he has a if he has a good effect on the yeah that's right i agree that's you play to win the game and you play it for the team to be better i don't care if he's one of five if if he's still gonna make the defenses honest and follow him on the three-point line and open up the paint and then also he's gonna be a wrecking ball and another thing I was joking, we did the Serbian uh, Serbian podcast before uh, today, uh, and about one of the aspects of Boogie Cousins coming in was half joking, but like also could be like really true. He's such a, you know, he's like that nervous energy that he comes in with the refs and he gets technicals and he yells at them all the time and he's like a mean guy, you know, c- kind of how he looks on the court. I think that they might have raised like the the criteria for the refs in the Nuggets games because up till now, like they're all kind of mellow. And when Jokic loses his cool, it looks worse than it actually is. And so refs react on like, oh, everyone was quiet. So now he's yelling. He might get attacked. You know, he's going to get a technical, maybe even ejected. And with Boogie's there, they know Boogie. So they're already prepared that that what's going to happen with with like, you know, complaining to the refs. And then he actually yells at them. But then when Jokic does it compared to that, it doesn't seem as bad. And so we might have seen yesterday, like, you know, Boogie was still, like, doing his, you know, confused faces on some of the calls and yelling at them. And then Jokic does it, and he didn't get ejected. And it could be that, you know, it could be what Brendan said in the postgame. Maybe the ref and crew was a little more lenient. But I, I would, I'd like to believe that it also has, like, some Cousins effect. That he, And then also we have him for, like, 12 minutes, six fouls a game. He can come in, beat, you know, beat the crap out of some centers that are giving us trouble, like, just a big body. And then... The final thing, the biggest thing for me is Zeke is a little bit unlocked with him because he'll have a, a shorter guy on him. Um, he he'll, he can, you know, shoot a three over guys. Uh, but then running through the paint is much freer than when than when he had to do center duties, when he had to go play pick and roll with Faku with Bones. It wasn't, it just didn't look the same um, when he was a center compared to like when, when Boogie Cousins is a center right now. So that's like a cool thing. And then finally, Jermichael Green stepping out of the rotation. What do you think about that? Because he has a decent enough contract. Um, is he going to be out or or you think it's just a temporary thing? You want to, to, to move to the, to the trade talk? Uh, let me see. Yeah, yeah, we can go. This is our it's be our fish two disagreements. Uh, so this yeah. is this is our first. We're debuting, I guess, the segment today because we didn't have any disagreements so far. But uh, so this fish two is like a very popular, also unpopular dish in Serbia. So I don't like it at all. Miroslav loves it, and then Jokic also loves it. That's like his thing. That's like the North Serbia uh, traditional dish. So we're gonna discuss something that was like either polarizing in the Nuggets you know, sphere or something that just two of us don't agree. And so the first thing we wanted to talk about this, uh, this time is going to be trades uh, because we had two of us had a disagreement about one trade and then we can get into whatever nuggets need maybe uh, and what kind of trades can come up in the, in the deadline. So you start us off. What do you think? Yeah. Well, well, I was a bit surprised that uh, the trade deadline is only like like two weeks, twenty days away. So it's it's not that far away, <laughs> and and it kind of sneak sneaked on us it's quite on the quickly. Tenth, right? uh, February tenth. It's a week. February tenth. Yeah. Oh, it's it's it's, it's even tenth. less. It's the tenth. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so less less than two weeks now. Okay, so the the whole thing for me started with the George Carl tweet. I'm a huge <laughs> fan of George Carl. 
and his t- tweet said, I said last week Nikola Jokic is on a path to become a top 10 all-time player, but this status for a player requires championships. Can the Denver Nuggets organization put a team together that supports that trajectory? And of course, George is talking about adding to the team that they already have. And George is a no-bullshit guy, and this tweet is exactly (laughs) how any head coach thinks. We need to win, and we need to win now. Coaches are not fans. Fans, Real fans will be there in, in a year or five years, but the coach might not be there. Since I'm not the coach, I will take a little caveat here. If the Nuggets think it is probable to get both Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. back before the season end, they should try and swing for the fences. However, it will not be as easy as it was it was last season. The Nuggets do not have a Gary Harris-sized contract to make the money work. My target for today is inspired by our guy Connor Ducey. His tweet proposed a Montemoris for Derek White trade. First of all, we have no idea if White will in, is in fact available in trade talks. But let's say the Bryn Forbes trade might not be the only in-season trade for the first Spurs this season. Of course, you screamed immediately, no way at that tweet. And I, I have to say, I, I agree with that. But more on, them, more on them no one. in a couple of minutes. I have three different trade packages for Derek White. And I'll start with the least probable. Well, maybe not as, uh, as unprobable as I think at this moment. But this is the best one from the Nuggets' perspective. Harrison mentioned on Wednesday's show that he thinks Jamichael Green is the most probable asset to be included in a, included in a deal because his contract makes the, the most sense. It's about $9 millions for this and, uh, and the, and the um, uh, next player year. option for, for next, next year. year. But that player option means that he has a de facto no trade clause so he could reject going to san antonio so that that's a caveat we need to understand here but this is the idea the nuggets would get Derek white for j mike and this is the hard part bones highland and zeke naji i don't think the san antonio would trade Derek white only for for j mike and bones or only for j mike and zeke because Derek White is a really good player, and he is in his prime. He has three more years on his contract, a pretty friendly contract after this season, and this would be a really hard pill to swallow. But as Adam men- mentioned a couple of days ago, we have no idea if Bones will be playing in this year's playoffs, and the same goes for Zeke. I mean, I think Zeke right now looks like he is closer to the playoff rotation, but who knows? J. Mike might just come back and and everything will will get back to where it was a, a month ago. So this idea, if you get a Derek White type, you would get the Nuggets rotation with all with everybody back. So the starters would be Jamal, Will, Jeff Green, Gordon, and Jokic. I would I would still leave Jeff Green in the starters, and then on the bench you would have Monte, White, Michael Porter, and let's say the Marcus Cousins. That's a really solid nine-player nine rotation. The, the no players here are doubtable as playoff performers. Even Michael yeah. Porter, you know, he stretches the, fall, the yeah, floor yeah, yeah. so well. There is no, no question about would he be a positive piece in the playoffs or not. Yeah, so that's, that, I mean, that's a, yeah. yeah. That's, that's a, it's an immediate... You're right. Like, I would be more more like completely open to it if we had all both of these guys healthy like both mpj and murray healthy and so we know so we can see like what's actually missing and obviously why it's really great and he has defensive prowess and he eventually could even start or we probably will start and he might even dethrone barton like it sooner rather than later problem with him is the same as barton the injuries uh he for me as like he that's like because we we love barton we haven't seen him in the playoffs like he might be the solution that we want for the for the championship, how he, you know, if if he plays like like he did after that Gordon trade, 
But with White, we have the same thing. He's like, he's really good, and he torched Nuggets in the playoffs, and he's been really productive in the bubble and everything, but just hasn't been able to complete, like, a season. He's been in 60s for the last three, I think, um, in 67, 66 games. Like, for a young player, that's not really great. Like, I mean, you have to have one at least of 79 or 78 season games, like, to actually show full uh, full potential. And and that's the problem is like if you consolidate that you lose flexibility completely because it's not obviously the, the the championships are won in those margins, but if you trade both Zeke and and Bones, you lose two two positions. You basically lose for potential. Like we see what Zeke can do, and if he can stretch the floor and be that energy guy and cutting through the middle, you gain some gravity on offense through the big position. With Bones, if he if you trade him and Derek White gets hurt and stuff, you lose completely a one guy that can actually get you to get you to the rim and knock down some thirty footers even. Because yesterday, you know, there were Pelicans were getting back on on Faku and, and that was a nightmare. Like because then Bo- Forbes can get out of it. Boogie's not rolling as as he you know because he's not a rolling big like a complete like high vertical threat for Faku. Bones comes in. They step behind the screen. He rises up from like 27 to 30 feet, knocks it down. After that, they have to fight over screens. Then the whole, you know, the whole court stretches out, and then you can get Zeke's cut, Zeke, you know, cutting through the middle, getting layups and stuff. So for me, I'm always about more like more options than not. Like you know, have more options than uh, than you might need, like just in case. Because we've seen, especially with the Nuggets, we've seen injuries derail them just because of that reason that you don't have those specific roles. So in theory, like if he can be healthy, yes, great. Like because he's that's your point of attack defender. You can put him in there with Murray, and then you have an actual really nice defensive, you know, defensive stopper. And then Murray, you can hide and save him for offense. So, yeah, but that that's my only reticence, which is again is something that I also said about Gordon, and he turned out to be great so far. So uh, yeah, we'll that's see. right. I mean, it's, it would be hard. Like it would be great if we can do if we don't have to lose one of them. Like if you can keep Elise Zeke again. That'll be like yeah. a second year in a row trading a young guard, but still, like if you can keep one of the guys, just yeah, just in case. I, I I don't think San Antonio is doing that for only one. Yeah, one of course they won't. Yeah, 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 it's 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 a problem, of course, and uh, yeah, I agree uh, on all of those uh, uh, spots. But one thing we remember, we forget, this is all if Jamal is coming back. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, yeah. we don't need bones. In the playoffs, if you have Jamal and you have Monte, there is no need for a third really, really talented point yeah. guard there. But yes, the availability is, is a problem. They're quite uh, did have some some availability issues before, but it's not it's nothing really too serious as I will I will show you soon. But the other two trade packages I made here and with reluct- reluctancy, to be completely honest is the trade that would involve either Monte or Will Barton. So for who for White? For White, yes. So that's yeah, the package. Tougher, yeah. yeah, the the package that Deuce actually suggested was Monte Zeke and Vladko for White. And I agree that giving away a good player like Monte would mean only uh, uh, with only uh, one young guy attached. Uh and uh, if we would uh, put uh, Will Barton there, he has a big contract. He would just he would need a filler next to it. It would be all, mm-hmm. also one young guy next to him. But before anybody calls me insane for wanting to go away any of Monte or Will for Derek White, please let me show how the numbers portray him. Yeah. So <sighs> if we look at the, the table here, Will Barton is a guy that plays the most minutes, but not by much. He has most points, most rebounds, most three points made. But in everything else, Derek White has the most assists per game. Now, there is a caveat here. He doesn't play with Nikola Jokic, so that's not not fair to the other two guys because he doesn't have a center that, that puts nine assists per game. But he's also the best in steals, also best in blocks per game. Uh, he has far more free throws, attempts, and makes than the other two guys. And he has a good percentage there. But if you look at the advanced numbers, you can see that his PER is the highest, the win shares highest, win shares per 48, box plus, plus minus warp. 
And about the av availability, I wanted to check that as well. Monte has the most games in the last three, three seasons, 200. Derek White is at about 170, and Will is uh, almost at 160. So it's not a huge difference comparing to Will Barton. I would agree that Monte Morris is a more, uh, is a more um, uh, dependable guy uh, availability-wise. Now, uh, you can close the... the, the so... Uh, Another thing I didn't put on the table there is that Derek White is actually the best of the three guys as a pick-and-roll ball handler, which was quite uh, surprising to me. He is in about 80 percentile of all the uh, shooting guards in the league, and Monte is at about uh, uh, 60 percentile. Will is actually quite bad at like 45 percentile, something like that. So it's, it's one thing also to... But I have to say... This wouldn't be a big upgrade. It would be an upgrade, I, I believe. But you, you, you're making a chemistry risk there because you have no idea how yeah. Derek White works on the team, and you're losing one guy to get another one that's slightly better. So I wouldn't do this, to be honest. Yeah, well, the the, the thing with yeah, I wouldn't like go with Barton and a young player. That's that's I think too much. Like Barton, if they're gonna go Barton, maybe a pick with for like just go swap, basically get a starter. Because Barton's contract, you know, like you're gonna, he's expiring and he's also older. So maybe if you just switch out a player for that starting, you know, shooting guard, maybe. But I think that's too much to go like, oh, Bones and Barton for White. Like, I don't think he's that that great, even though I love him. Like, I would want him at Nuggets eventually, but not like this. Like, I think it would be too much, especially for injury-prone guys, I said. So, so yeah. And then I saw a comment, I think it was Tyler again, um, talk about, basically getting like Justin Holly. That was my, we, as, as I said, we did like the Serb on Serbian uh, language podcast earlier. And I said like Jermichael Green uh, would be like a candidate for me if we're going to keep Boogie. And I think at this point, like for a minimal salary to the end of the season, it's not a bad deal. Uh, and you get, you cover that backup center and you have Zeke as like an emergency backup center. Jermichael Green then opens up that salary for for maybe a, a wing, and so Justin Holiday was one of the one of the guys. Just you think about a guy that's like you you can you can play him or not play him. He's not going to cause trouble. He's a defensive player. Uh, he can knock down some shots. Like if he's you know when he's open, uh, what you want him from that kind of guy. So it's it'll be like kind of a Tory Craig upgrade. If you're not going to use Reed, that's another caveat of like if you're going to use Reed in that role. Maybe like you don't need a that type of wing. Like you can you can see something else, and maybe just keep the rotation as it is. If you because that's the thing they know better than we do what they see in practice every day. Like we of course we we can't yeah we can't know we can say from the games, but then uh, you know so that's what I'm saying. Like Jermichael would be like a good now um, asset for trading because you know matching salaries. You know the numbers better than I do. I'm like talking more about basketball wise because if Danny frees up Zeke's not minutes, there's no like. Question: If Zeke makes a mistake, Demon's gonna pull him because he's young and doesn't think he he understands. So, like you you get rid of a veteran that Malone might use as a crutch, not unlike Tory Craig, Michael Porter uh, situation. So that's one of my one of my things. Like I would want to see maybe that happening, if anything, for the trade deadline. So yeah, and, and, and maybe J Mac even would be happy to. To, to be part of a trade, you know, because yeah, maybe if, if he loses, that's what if he loses saying, the minutes here, yeah. Yeah, Brendan yeah. was saying earlier in the comments, like, if he loses, maybe he'd be up for it. So that's, that's like, an, you know, you have to keep it open. Uh, and then just for the record, like, uh, for me, at least personally, like, you know, it's Jokic and Monte untouchable for this team. Well, actually, yeah, just, Murray, obviously. Like, just, but, just for the record, I never read the comments, not because I don't uh, appreciate them. It's because it's too much for my old head. I'm not as young <laughs> as Brandon or Voya. So, so Voya is conveying the most interesting comments to me live. <laughs> yep, yep, exactly. So uh, we can go now, yeah, finish up. The, we're almost done with uh, with our things. Just yeah, We're going to talk about our Burek of the week. Uh, so for what burek is is a nice juicy pastry dish that comes either with cheese, spinach, meat. It's well known because Jokic used to uh, eat it a lot when he was younger, uh, around the time when he was turning pro. So this thing will be like something uh, juicy uh, that we noticed, something big maybe like high calorie count or uh, at least like you know because it can be you know either breakfast meal or just something if you eat it like I did when I was home for a couple of weeks uh, by like kilos. <laughs> I'm kidding, by like pounds. <laughs> Uh, so what what my burek of the week is and what we're going to focus is 
uh, Jokic's defense that I noticed this week, and and just and then the MVP resurgence that he's kind of back in the forefront in a lot of those, uh, even like the advanced rankings, and then just people talking about it more than uh, more than they have um, previously. Uh, so first defense, I had a, I had a clip on my Twitter feed that I that I cut out from a game against uh, against the Grizzlies because I was traveling, I didn't watch it live, uh, so I watch the replay and usually that gives me a lot of time to you can just return obviously and just see the play there's a really good play and it kind of epitomizes why Jokic is a good defender to me and and also why people don't consider him because it wasn't really it's not a flashy play so he kind of hedged out on John Moran so he doesn't um so he doesn't go through the split the screen and then get a get an advantage and go get a layup but not too much because John Moran wasn't it's not a great shooter so he can live with that uh by that time, John Moran passes to the corner to Melton that obviously, like Barton, has his troubles with closeouts, gets past Barton. And by that time, Jokic already sees that's going to happen, covers, but recovers that well that he that he blocks off Melton's drive to the basket, but also a dump-off pass angle to Steven Adams. And it's a very intricate play, and it just looks like Jokic is kind of just going up and down and doesn't do much because Barton comes up and, and blocks Melton. And I don't know if it was not a bounce or they called a foul either. Either way, they didn't get an easy layup. And so that that's kind of the things that Jokic does. And because of his conditioning in the past few years, uh, since like 2020, that like December or 2020, when he started being in better shape, he can actually cover those much better. Because he, he could always see those. That's the thing with him. He sees everything on the court. The problem is like if his, if his body can follow what he sees. And we've seen the MVP season last year, like everything kind of fell into place because he can keep up with conditioning, he can keep up with a lot of centers and actually run past some of them. And the defense this year was that that way too because those blocks that he has in the point of before the defender even, before the offensive player even gets the ball out of his hands, he ends up blocking it and times it perfectly. Those are all the things he could do. It's just that there were a lot of times fouls because he couldn't get there in time with his legs, and now because he has better conditioning, he can do that. So like that was very juicy. And then and then just building off of that, you had the Detroit games with Kate Cunningham, and I was kind of mad that Matt Moore had this point on Locked On Nuggets before we got a chance to do this show. Is that Kate's really smart and he has that um, uncharacteristic like rookie maturity, so he knows a lot of where he wants to go and how to use the advantages and you know disadvantages uh, of the defensive players. You know, gets the angles. He has the athleticism. Then knows how to pass, surveys the court, everything. And he, when he played against Jokic, I don't think he's seen a player that knows what you know what he what Cade wants to do before he before he does it. Like, what's the best angle to pass it? So we see we saw a lot of deflections, steals that that Jokic would get on Cade because of that mind that he has. And so it was really funny. And obviously, Cade was really good. And then he adjusted in the next game, but still had a lot of turnovers. But it was really cool just how. Um, that cat and mouse game when you see him even one on one, like Kate wasn't running past him because that's not what he usually does. He like kind of snakes through easily and and then like gets the gets the shoulder in, uh, takes the advantage. You know, if, if the if the player is flat footed or has a bad angle on his on his stance, that then he can take the advantage. So Jokic doesn't do that, and there was a lot of like selling for for mid range jumpers or like passing the ball to a second option, not the first option, because Jokic would cut that off. So that was really cool for me just to see like these like details that he that he can improve now because of his uh just more maturity and then and then conditioning prim- primarily. So what do you think? What do you, do you agree or or any or any uh, Oh yeah. Yeah, I I I really like that uh, that point on on him having better conditioning compared to to seasons before. But uh, that actually joins my Burek of the week and it's a bit controversial because it's something that really uh, bothers a lot of Nuggets fans, but not me. And this is the thing: the guys, a lot of guys are back now, so Nikola knows he doesn't have to push on both ends for 35 minutes every game. So he's pacing himself, and I really like that because he's not taking rest games at all, and this is the only way he can have some rest for him and preserve his body for the playoffs yeah, yeah. you can see that in the first half of last of last game and actually you can you can see that in in a lot of first halves <laughs> really uh, so so this is the reason why 
why their first quarter net ratings used to be worse than they are right now but let's let's not go not not got not not let's not go back to that uh but i i like the way he's just taking over the game when it's really needed and uh, i think he is smart enough to recognize the, the exact moment he needs to do that so this yeah, is why yeah. there's they're now so good in the clutch apart from having everybody almost everybody back even even without will yeah. yesterday that was three starters down and as i know that the <laughs> The Pelicans are really terrible at the moment without their guys. But, uh, yeah, I like this. And uh, I don't think he, he will be skipping any of the games before the All-Star break. And this is his way to pace himself. Yeah. Uh, yeah, thanks for the, the compliment shirt. Yeah, the MVR Colorado uh, fundraiser shirt. It's really great. I love black too, so it was also, also fit. Um, well, yeah, I agree. Like the the thing, yeah, you, he rests, and especially the point is when Murray gets back, he you know he can actually get some offensive. I mean, hopefully we don't push him too hard right away. So eventually, when he gets back to it, he can have some of the offensive load on his back and have some plays that Jokic might not be involved completely. So that's also his rest possessions, and then he can, uh, you know, then he can kind of count during the game. Like I'm, I'm, I can rest a couple in the offense, then I can actually turn up some defensive plays when we need to. So, and that's of course because I said like he's well aware of the court at all times, like what's happening. So you can kind of tell like what when he needs to step it up in on defense, and then he gets his feet moving a little bit better. And sometimes it just it is what it is. And and again, his also thing with. Uh, with playing, uh, he had that comment a couple of years last year, or I think it was last year with with the COVID. What everyone, all the players eat the same bread, and we should be taking care of each other. And that's one of the reasons too that he doesn't sometimes want to try for like a highlight block because there's a chance of both of them getting hurt, and there's no reason. It's a long season. Right. Those two points are not gonna decide the whole season. If those two points decide the whole season, they'll let it be. Like, you know, better. It's again, it's like Danny Green said that, you know, with Clay Thompson. Like I'd rather have that play back than trying to block that shot. Even though it was the finals game and you kind of want players to to have hundred percent all the time. Sometimes you just, especially in regular season, just take a step back and and move forward, you know, you know, live to fight another day. Um so I think you're right with like his his um his resting on defensive people sometimes see those and, and you can clip that's the things you can clip you know Corey joseph killing him in the pick and roll but it's like it's detroit like they were already up you don't need to exert your um that much energy in that specific situation you because you're going to win anyway so that's why i'm still even though they played crappy teams and it was four and oh and they were all like shaky wins i don't think i've ever doubted any of those wins like even though they were close and they were within five six this is the kind of the Nuggets team I'm used to watching from a few years ago. Like when every game was close, no matter what, how, how the opponent, you know, what strength of the opponent was, he was, and they would still find a way to win, even though it's, you know, by five against Detroit or by five against Golden State with Durant, you know, that kind of stuff. So that's, and then that kind of fuels me, like, you know, gets the MVP resurgence, um, kind of pairs it up, obviously, because he's so good on offense. But I think the complete picture, for a lot of those doubters, that defensive clips that Kevin O'Connor and some of these guys do and, and talk about, those can be like added to the package of like, yeah, see, he's not only the best offensive player in the world and one of the best offensive players ever, he's also fits that, uh, has the def- has the defense to do it as well, you know, if necessary. Because he's so good on, on offense, you need the defense to be just barely good for him to work. And he actually, I think he has really good defense. Uh, no matter what, like the you know the the haters might say, and then Ben Taylor obviously did the did the great video uh, with him with collaboration with the NBA just about how what kind of savant Jokic is. So check that out. So what do you think about the MVP? Like, what's the com- what do you think about the conversation? Is it tiring or or uh... <laughs> no? It, it, I love the 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 MVP debate because it it makes no sense in the first half of the season. Yeah. Now we are finally in the second half, so it kind of makes a bit of sense right now and it's making me nervous really because I, I, I was so sure there is no way that Nikola is repeating as the MVP this season but I don't know man <laughs> I don't know I mean when I look at the, the strength of schedule until the, the end of the season and we spoke to Brandon about it before the show 
<laughs> there is a chance for them to climb climb up all the way to the third position. And in that case, with the numbers he's delivering every day, with the uh, 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 with how much things he uh, revolves about around him uh, yeah. on both sides of the court, it, it will just be impossible to ignore that. And I'm looking forward to all the Stephen A, all the other national guys. Uh, uh, what's the nice Nick, word? Nick shitting Wright. on <laughs> Nick Wright, yeah. shitting on him until oh. <laughs> like like a week before the the MVP votes are filed in and and how they will try to yeah. get out of those it's going to be interesting because i i resign myself from from like even expecting mvp this year just because that it's like he got it once and it was already like that much of the thing is like he was almost you know i mean almost unanimous the problem is the the the, the couple of key people at, at like key positions on tv were so against it that that i thought that would that would drive like the guilt of some of the you know the local writers or uh people devoted of like, oh, maybe I made a mistake, blah, blah, blah. So I can resign myself that he's not going to be kind of back heating up of like, oh, man, he's close again to repeat. You know, it'd be cool if he does it. Again, Brendan said in the in the, in the DMR from the DMR account, if he's if they're four or higher, I think he gets it. I, I think there's no question, especially when you take into account injuries. Uh, another thing that really pissed me off with the with the discourse is it, the I, I would I would have rather wanted to be like, hey, let's if it's a debate, let's debate on why someone is good, not why he's, uh, not why why someone is bad or shouldn't deserve it. Like if we're talking about mostly just it's always Embiid and Yoke. We are literally speaking about five best guys in the world. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and we are like, shitting on them. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like, oh, you you know, Nick Wright comes out and says stuff like that. And I had a tweet about like you know, don't give him attention because the, the thing is like a lot of those guys I don't consider them authorities on anything. Like they consider themselves authorities on basketball, so which is like sad. And it shouldn't. People shouldn't give them that much credit that they know uh, the, the amount that they think they know. Um, and the, the, this shows it because the fact that you don't see a meet in Jokic and say, "Wow, what couple of great centers!" Like we should be appreciating how great they are, and highlight like what people you know maybe like this one's better in this and this one's better at that, but not say this guy is trash. I'd rather take Embiid or like this guy's trash. I'd rather take Jokic. Um, that's like stuff that like is negative of the MVP conversation always is because of that lack of imagination and like positivity, like that everything has to be crap in this world, like on TV that people should follow. Like it's all got to be like the yellow journalism of, you know, dredging up some drama or some controversy to get the views is like the, it's, it's sad that, that we have to, cause it should be enough that it's good basketball. Like that's what I'm trying to say. Like it should be enough that we have LeBron in his 19th year playing like he's playing, and Embiid and Jokic and and you know Booker is Booker is embracing his villain side with the Raptor thing and he's playing like his mind out right now and even Gobert's you know decent for and, and important for Utah. So like I'd rather accentuate the positive than than like try to downgrade one to improve the other. So that's my soliloquy. Yeah, and, and Ray mentioned the, the big guy superiority right now in the league, and that's really that's really exciting. It looks like Shaq against Olajuwon all over. It's 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 really fun, yeah. and yeah. we've seen Jokic win the MVP as a center as the first guy since Shaq, since like 20 years ago. So, yeah, hopefully that will that will uh, bring more variance to the NBA, and not yeah. only having. The, just the, be more interesting like that's the yeah. thing is like just try a little harder in the morning when they're doing those debate shows of like just d- debate something that's actually like debatable not like talking into yelling into the ether so and i hope i hope he wins it out there but if he doesn't like i still won't be disappointed it's not going to be an outrage the fact is like a lot of players are playing well like it's not a Ah, we'll it's see. It's not like we'll last see. year, like for me at least. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. But but yeah, that's the thing. Is like K- Katie was hurt. Katie was hurt, and he fell out of the conversation. And at one point, he was the front runner, and it was no question about it. So, who knows? Like, we'll it'll be fun. And obviously, we didn't even mention Giannis. Like he's doing his thing, like he's been doing for the last five years. So, um, that that's you know, and that's pretty much our our show for for today. I think we're getting close to getting to an hour. So I'd like to thank everyone for watching us again here and hanging out on the Serbian corner uh, with the two of us. Hopefully we'll be back next week. We'll see how the schedule is, which days we're going to be back on. 
uh follow us everywhere uh well i guess twitter dmvr on youtube uh where else are we podcast feeds uh, dmvr nuggets yeah. uh newspapers i guess <laughs> i'm kidding that those are those are dead unfortunately uh and so don't, yeah, don't forget yeah. to to tune in 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 6 p.m for the goatees it will yeah, be a yeah, great live right. show right. from six to I don't know when it ends, and it will be it will be really good after yep. two years again with the goats. Agreed, agreed, agreed. Cool. Uh, yeah, Brandon, you can you can get us out, get us out of here. Thanks, everyone. Either one, I get team.